Support for this episode comes from Yakima Chief Hops. Yakima Chief Hops is a 100% farmer-owned hop supplier with a mission to connect the family farms of the Pacific Northwest with brewers across the globe. With a growing competitive market, YCH understands the need to continuously brew exceptional quality beers. This is why YCH is focused on developing innovative hop products and research-based resources that provide real solutions in the brew house and help brewers take their beers to the next level. Yakima Chief Hops works with breweries of all sizes across the globe, from home and nano brewers to craft and macro. To find out more about YCH, visit www.yakimachief.com. The Englischer Garten is a large public park in the centre of Munich, Bavaria. Created in 1789 by Sir Benjamin Thompson, it stretches from the city centre to the northeastern city limits. It's one of the largest inner city parks in the world, and it's even larger than Central Park in New York. It's a place where you can relax, enjoy fantastic views, and even go for a swim. It's also the perfect place to enjoy a great German lager, too. And that's exactly what Rhys Hugel enjoyed during his time studying chemistry at LMU Munich. So much so that it inspired him to pursue brewing professionally upon his return to the UK. And for fans of excellent lagers and mixed firm numbers, beer fans are better off as a result. Hello and welcome to the Brewer's Journal podcast. My name is Tim Sheehan, editor of the Brewer's Journal. And I'm Vela Mitrovic, editor of the Distiller's Journal. I was once told that a good beer could be talked about and talked over. That's the beauty of it. There's a wealth of expressions to suit all circumstances. For Don Zocco's Reese Hugel, those moments drinking Lager Beer Hell from Augustina Brau were the catalyst to make his own great beer that could be enjoyed by all. While flagship releases like Northern Hellas and Rustic Lager Big Foam account for a large percentage of his production, he has also produced a range of beers like coffee oatmeal stouts, IPAs, Vienna lagers and Belgian-inspired Saison. The popularity of these beers, alongside a range of other collaborations, has seen the Don Zocco journey move at pace since starting out in 2017. But let's take a step back to Reese's formative days in beer. Don Zocco started really when I was at university. I was studying chemistry. And I was brew- I was at home brewing in my parents' back garden and I was having a lot of fun with it. And then I moved to Germany to study chemistry again. And I was living in Munich and all my friends were kind of on like, my- it was my third year of university, but a lot of my friends having like a, like a gap year sort of like Erasmus scheme where they just have to pass. So they were out drinking every day and I'd like finish university. I'd like guest around the U-Bahn, go to the English Garden, the massive park, would have drink Augustinas, buy the little the little um the little river you got there, little stream, like have a little swim. And it was just like lush, that kind of like easy going, just like really delicious beer, but no one's talking about it, no one's thinking about it. And especially the smaller breweries in Bavaria make that like that delicious like Hella style beer, but like in a, in a slightly rougher sense where it's a bit unfiltered, it's a bit it's got a lot more hop character. And to me, that was like, this is the perfect beer. Like, it's everything you want to be. And also, 
your dad can drink it. He, like he's not going to care. But it's delicious, and there's so many facets to it. Well, equally, it's it's not like saying very much. You don't need to know a lot about beer to enjoy it, or like be experienced drinker. It's just accessible, delicious, in every way, and it's kind of like a really like, pure form of beer. And I was I was thinking about that a lot. And then when I got home, I was just, I want to brew that beer because I literally want to drink it in my garden, like that sort of beer. And in my head, this kind of idea of a beer farm and the kind of the beer, which is Northern Hellas, kind of predated the brewery. I just kind of, I, I just like brewing that one beer. And then I thought, well, maybe, maybe I should do this on a larger scale. And then we kind of formed the brand, Don Zoko. I got some backing from the university who kind of liked the idea, especially like the production idea I had which I ended up doing was like, I didn't have a lot of money because I just left university and I worked in a, I worked in a pub in Newcastle, the free trade in, and I didn't have, I didn't have like loads of cash. So I rented a space with the money the university gave me. I bought one fermenter and then I would brew at another local, local brewery. Turn up with my ingredients, brew, bring that unfermented beer, the worst, back to my little production space, fill that tank with Northern Hellas and then try and sell it in kegs and then brew it again. And that was the whole production plan for like the first year until I bought a second tank and then a third tank. And then, yeah, it kind of leads me up to this year when things went a bit crazier. People started to like notice my beer more, drink my beer more, especially during the pandemic. Got a little bit more attention, uh, especially Northern Hellas and Big Form, our lagers. Uh, and then moved up to Scotland because I needed some off space. And that's where I am now, currently in Scotland. Sunny Edinburgh, making lots of Hellas and Big Form. While Reese has a background in chemistry, it forms only a part of his enjoyment in the creation of beer. And when it came to producing those early beers like Northern Hellas, he had to decide whether to attempt to recreate beers like his German brewing idols or forge his own path. Basically, I was studying chemistry and like I wasn't amazing at it, and I was getting like I got a two-one but like by like 0.3 of a percent. And I was like, to do a master's and then a PhD and then get like a decent job or go, in, go into research, you're like, you need to be really clever. <laughs> and I was like, well, like I'm all right at it, but like it's not something I'm passionate about that I want to like push myself a lot more to do. I've worked so hard for so long for this. And I'm like, yeah, if it's not coming as naturally to me as other people, maybe you should find something that comes a bit more natural. Uh, and kind of brewing kind of kind of did that for me. Not necessarily the practical aspect, more so just like recipe formulation, identifying which areas of of, of of the beer I wanted in my head, like planning that beer down to a T, those flavors, that kind of concept, producing it, and then kind of reevaluating that beer and then to the to the next batch. The whole through that kind of like process, I guess, which I guess every producer of every food drink item. Like has originally, I wanted to make like this like unfiltered German style beer, and then sooner, like maybe three or four batches in, I kind of realised that I was heading in a different direction, and kind of had a choice whether to go like, do I want to make a kind of a competitor to German imported products? I don't want to make my own thing. And I was like, ah, I'll just do my own stuff. Uh, <laughs> so because you can buy an Augustina for like three pound, four pound. From a bottle shop and it's delicious and like i can't i'm not as good as them <laughs> i can't do that beer as well as they can for that price but i can do my own style beer so that's when i kind of pivoted from trying to copy those german beers to try and make my own style beers 
that were a little bit more acid forward, a little bit hoppier, always unfiltered, a little bit of yeast character in there, but still at its core, it's the same drinkability. So that's when I, I thought I was designing the beer big form, which I wanted to be like, those things I liked about my beer kind of amped up, so it's a lot more acid forward, it's a lot more bitter, it's got a lot more body, especially for lager, it's got a lot of multi-graining. And it was kind of just a, a bit of a bit of a joke at first, trying to make the foamiest beer I could, <laughs> and then um, with the biggest the biggest head, because especially where I'm from in Teesside, it's very much the beer culture to have beers with massive foamy heads, which is obviously completely different from, from places like Bristol, which beers serve kind of flat on top. Uh, it was it was kind of a homage to that, but also like trying to amp these kind of flavor characteristics that I liked in my beer to ten, and people really took like that beer and it's it's i think it's a very kind of different lager definitely like a almost like a maybe maybe like a unique lager especially in the country where lager scene is a commodity product but selling beer in the uk often in pints over the bar reese was keen from an early stage to ensure people knew what they were buying i also thought it was a little bit daft that like even looking back throughout like in the uk has produced light lager pretty 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 much as soon as every other country produced light lager but a lot of the time it was just the branding even for UK produced lager was German based. And it was it seemed just daft to me, although it's like kind of German styles of beer. Like it's not made in Germany. Like it, it, it's not like what people, why would people associate with that over, over something that's produced locally? So I say that, but the brew's got a Japanese name. <laughs> but like it's, I'd like a preferred to be its own thing than like a weird kind of think of a random German name brewery because i'm not from germany like the, the beer's not made there why should it be like a weird for german brand yeah I, I think it's really important for people to i think it comes down to like accessibility which i talked about before which is i want people who just drink lager to get a pint of it ask for it and enjoy it and if it's got a if you kind of go too down the, the kind of a, the craft route of trying to explain every concept part of the beer on the pump clip and oh it's too obscure but no one's going to order it and I want people who aren't into beer to drink my beer and like it like Northern Hellas is pretty easy to say and it's massive letters with a pump clip and once someone's ordered that beer they're going to order it again because it's pretty good and making beer accessible to as many consumers as possible has always been a priority for recent Don Zoko contrary to what it seems like on Twitter the most the people who drink the most beer in the country are like the old boys and girls who sit at the bar on a Sunday afternoon and I'll have a few pints or like the people who finish work and are going with their friends for just, just to the pub to enjoy it. Uh, they're not necessarily listen, even listening to podcasts about beer like this one. They're, they're just enjoying it for what it is. And if it's accessible and it's really tasty, they're going to drink it again, no matter what it is. So that for me, it was like, if I can get those people to drink my beer, like my favorite customer in the world, is just people who come to the bar. Oh, what's that? I'm like, oh, I used to work in, a, in, in pubs. I was like, oh, it's Northern Alice. It's like a local. I never said I made it because that's a bit weird. I was like, yeah, it's just a local, like, locally produced German style lager. And they're like, cool, I'll have a pint of that. They give them a pint. And then, like, two hours later, they're like, now them and all the friends are drinking it. And they're like, on the fourth one. And you're like, that's pretty cool. That's how you kind of win people over just by the taste, not because of some weird marketing campaign or branding. They just like the taste of the beer because it's good. And that's, that's what I'm all about. I don't want to have a weed gimmick to sell a beer. I want the beer to sell a beer. 
While Reese enjoys ongoing success with flagship beers such as Big Foam and Northern Hellers, like any brewer, he's infused by new recipe creation. And when it comes to creating new beers, he takes inspiration from a variety of sources. It's a very slow burning process. I'm not, I don't make very many new beers. And usually it's either inspired by other beers or by just people I know. So like, I'll give two little short examples, like Graft, which is like our Belgian pale ale. I had a friend who was working in the free trade also, just did the pub quiz, and she was doing a PhD in alternative grains. And through her PhD, she grew loads of rye and spelt. She was like, I've got loads of organic rye and spelt if you want it. I was like, okay, I'll think of a beer to do with that. And then I went to Runaway Brewery, uh, my friend Mark, to do a beer with them, and they had a farmhouse pale that was fermented with Beaujolais yeast, and it was absolutely delicious. And I was like, this beer is like insanely good. I bought a case straight away and then it got stolen weirdly <laughs> but yeah he was kind enough to share his like fermentation profile with me and i used that the local ryan spelt to make this drought pill and it's kind of a nice really organic process that that beer kind of formed upon which is because i knew friend amelia and i knew mark from runaway that beer came because of those those connections and then also things like select pills it was just i was i was actually brewed the first batch of beer at New Barns, which was a contract batch last year. And got it from New Barns, I just bought some Sean Rama Hell. And it's a pretty warm day. And sorry, Sean Rama Pills. And it was the most delicious beer I've ever had. And I was like, oh, now I just really want to make just really bitter pills. Pills in a beer. And I was like, well, I could do that. Yeah, that sounds great. And also, I just started working with a hot farmer direct in Germany. And he has loads of varieties, which I've never heard of. Things like Petit Blanc, Rottenburger, Tango. And so I, I, through the relationship with that farmer, I've managed to get lots of like, kind of weird varieties over, which I'm doing single hot pills with to see what they taste like. And then sending a few back to him and he gets to try what his hops taste like. Use in, in a large amount, which is not not that common in, 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 in Germany. A lot, large amount of really big amount of Whirlpool hops. And he gets a real like accurate like description of what that what that that hop tastes like and also I could have fun and drink loads of really bitter beer, which is kind of kind of what I'm about now. In creating new beers, refining existing recipes, and scaling up batch sizes, Reese believes he's grown as a brewer since those early days home brewing in the garden shed. Recently a lot in the kind of the practical sense of doing things on a larger scale a lot more by myself. And then also just in terms of kind of confidence in what I want to make like the second beer I made was a pale ale and I kind of did it because I thought oh that'd be fun to make and I wasn't really enjoying making and drinking it and people liked it like it was for a while it was like more soft like more softer beer people wanted to buy but I was like do I just want to become like this like a, a brewery that does lager on the side and a pale ale or do I want to kind of focus on what I, what I really care about so I've kind of grown in confidence I guess that way and yeah, in terms of going from just a home brewer that had bought a massive tank to kind of more operating a, a little a little facility now next to new barns, that's that's quite that's quite cool. But there's still a long, long way to go. Like compared to even most breweries in UK, I'm just like don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but that's fun. That's what it's all about, right? Learning as you go and like uh, making the mistakes along the way because that's how you learn and. Everyone has to start from somewhere, and that's, that's currently where I am. The move to Leaf, working alongside New Barns Brewery, 
presented Reese with the opportunity to take the next step in the Don Zuko story. But he also knows that it's important to keep planning for the future. So it was kind of towards the start of the pandemic, I was producing so much beer, especially in, 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 in the summertime previously, and just Hellas. I was always making Hellas for the same maybe six pubs uh, in Newcastle mainly that were taking all the beer. And it was great. I thought, I'm not making so much money with the current output. Uh, and maybe things could work a lot easier, not being in a shed in a car park. <laughs> so I looked for, I was looking for places to grow the brew to, and a spot came up in Manchester. And through a lot of trial and tribulations and other breweries helping out, we managed to get the, the landlord to agree to lease the unit to me and did they, all the negotiations on the lease. And then I was about to sign it, and I was like, the, the panic was ongoing. I was like, do you really want to be raising this much money, multiple hundred thousand pounds, in a time when things are a bit sketchy? I'm still a one-man band. I don't have the practical experience that I would what I would like to. I've never set up a facility before. Like there's so many potholes there. Potentially, it'd probably be fine. But also, like my confidence got knocked a bit, and it's a bit wobbly. And I was like, ah, I don't know what to do. And then I was talking to Gordon from New Bands Bikes. So they just opened this great brewery up in in Leith and they mentioned that next time there was a bit of space and we started talking we were friends anyway and we had a lot of long conversations about it and then I realised that this was a safer stepping stone to move to Edinburgh so I can't I lost some money on the solicitors fees for Manchester and kind of put that in the bag for now and yeah I literally <laughs> ran the flat and moved up to Edinburgh and now I live there and yeah making almost three times the beer which is nice and getting a lot more out there it's still early days of like finding my feet a bit but yeah it's, it's, it's good it's like a good couple of years to grow the brewery to a to a position where I can make a big move and it can be the last move or the only move with hopefully some staff with a lot more kind of confidence on, on, on my end and also on kind of business sides of things and just money in the bank that's going to help uh, I think it can be tempted to make that massive leap and do that big thing, but ultimately you've got to make it work. And practically, this was like a really good move. So, and also get to hang out with the guys from New Barns all the time, which is pretty nice. For Reese, working alongside the team at New Barnsbury has been a welcome change of environment for someone that has mainly worked on their own since starting out. Also, the addition of space and capacity, especially for his growing mixed firm program, has been a long time coming. All of this means Donzoka can broaden its range of new beers, but Reese is likely to need some help along the way. Well, I need to hire people to help because at the moment it's, it's too much. I kind of settle into producing this scale of beer, get the beer out there to more places. At the moment, I need six months just to settle in stuff with just like everything been so crazy for the last few months, especially before like, even when the pandemic. It's nice to just be like normally producing beer again, and then. Start looking for another site because it takes so long to find somewhere perfect to, to kind of plan every old equipment, get the landlord to agree with the lease. It's, it's, it's almost time to look for somewhere else, which is pretty scary already. But uh, yeah, just keep making good beer and getting out there. That's the plan. Kind of get Hellas and Big Foam back where I want them. Obviously, when you move, there's a lot of changes that happen. And the beer is tasting great, like it's tasting great. It's just obviously you want it everything down to a tea. And that'll take a fair few batches, which will be 
exciting to find that out. One such new beer is Little Foam, a lower ABV sibling to Big Foam. Hopped with Nelson, Reese describes it as a late summer crusher. There's also new mixed foam releases too. I've just bottled a, like a wine beer hybrid called Tide Vines, which is like an 8% Saison fermented with wine leaves aged on English grape skins. And that's tasting really banging. So excited to get that out. And then start brewing a lot more mixed foam stuff as well. Get that, uh, the, the second site, the warehouse, all full with barrels and get all the tanks full. And yeah, it's like settle in, diversify a bit and just kind of see where it takes me. I've never, I've never really planned before. Things have just happened. And I'm, I'm, that's it led me to me some good places. So I'm excited just to see where it takes me next, really. And that journey so far has taken Don Zoko beers to pubs and bars, to bottle shops and Michelin-starred restaurants. Because, as Reese says, if your product is good enough, it can find a home anywhere. I think when your product's good, it can stand up to like any scenario. So, like, if you make, if you have a farm that makes some really good cheese, you can you can serve you can sell that cheese in a corner shop, or you can sell that cheese on a plate in a really posh restaurant with some quince jam or something. Like and equally, people are going to just be like, "This is just a great product." Either way, like if you're making something that's good, it'll speak for itself. And I think that's kind of our vibe at the moment: is get the product to do all the marketing for us because one saves on marketing, and two, uh, it's easier. The Brewers Journal podcast is a production of Reby Media. Produced and hosted by me, Tim Sheehan. And me, Velo Mitrovic. Sound engineering by Ross McPherson. Series supervision by John Young. The executive producer is Rory Harris. Special thanks to Reese Hugel at Don Zoko.